to Down City Cash Chicago. Safety net hospitals are quite literally a lifeline. They're required to care for everyone. Mercy Hospital in Bronzeville is one of those. So when the 170-year-old hospital's owners announced they were closing the doors, panic set in. A new investigation explores the fight to save Mercy. It's Monday, November 1st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. For me, Mercy was the last place I ever got to say hello and goodbye to my grandmother. For others, it was where you could get care no matter your insurance. Chinese and Mexican patients could see a doctor who spoke their language. Black residents didn't have to go far outside the neighborhood to be seen. For years, patients and staff at Mercy have been clinging to hope that the hospital's financial problems wouldn't shutter the place. WBEZ's Kristen Schorsch has spent the last year following Mercy's trouble and tells us what's next for it. Kristen, I've often heard Mercy Hospital referred to as a safety net hospital. Can you tell me what exactly is a safety net hospital and how important was Mercy to Bronzeville? Yeah, a safety net hospital is typically a hospital that treats people who have nowhere else to go. So a lot of people who don't have health insurance, a lot of people who have Medicaid, which is government insurance for people who are low-income or disabled. Um, In Chicago, a lot of the safety nets are located on the south and west sides in low-income communities and mostly treat Black and Latino patients. In Bronzeville, Mercy was an institution. You know, the majority of patients were elderly, low-income, and Black, but it also was considered an extension of Chinatown. It's the closest hospital to Chinatown. There are signs in Chinese in the hospital. They always had staff who spoke their language. Um, it also was a real linchpin for a lot of Latino patients. So it was a real special place for a lot of people. So what were Mercy's finances like? They said they were losing $4 million a month. That's a common thing with safety net hospitals. They, they have very expensive buildings to maintain, and they don't have a lot of money coming in. Their facilities tend to be very old. Some of the examples I heard from former employees and from just state records about the facilities, there was rust covering the entire exterior, the entire frame of the building. There were other things, water dripping in different parts of the hospital. There were patient rooms facing Lake Michigan. And when it would get really hot outside, it would get really hot inside. And so sometimes nurses would would think that the patients were spiking fevers And doctors would come and check on them, but really they were just really hot. You know, a former OB who'd practiced there for, you know, 40-some years told me about how the ORs were boiling hot, where he would do C-sections. It's a very similar story across safety nets, not in just Chicago, but across the country, just this lack of resources. But, you know, despite this, the employees were very, many of them were very mission-driven and really loved, really loved working there and spent their whole careers there are many decades, and patients kept kept coming back. Was there a major moment when things started to, to really shift in the wrong direction? Mercy's owner, Trinity Health, it's a big national hospital chain. They had actually wanted to close Mercy back in 2019. Financial reasons, right? And I'm, and I'm sure other factors. And the state said, wait, can you just give us some time? Let's come up with a plan. And the plan was to merge with three other hospitals on the South Side, St. Bernard in Englewood, Advocate Trinity in Calumet Heights, and South Shore in that community. These hospitals would merge, close their facilities, 
create one, maybe two modern new ones, and then a lot of outpatient clinics. Um, but it was a billion-dollar plan, and they wanted the state to pick up just over half of that cost. And state lawmakers wanted more details, like specifically where this new hospital would go. And so they said no. So in July of 2020, Mercy said, hey, we're, we're going to close our doors. We're going to give people time. So there was going to be this wind-down period. What were you hearing from patients and employees during this winding-down period? The announcement came in July of 2020 that Mercy was going to close the following year. And the outrage was immediate. You know what? I was really devastated. My name is Etta Davis, and I live in the Dearborn Haunts. I have lived here for 26 years. As a matter of fact, I am the vice president of the local advisory council in this area. So while you had this wind-down period, the community's ties were broken because people had to leave, right? And then as they lost staff and as they lost patients, by February, they declared bankruptcy. And at that point, they were losing about $9 million a month. So Insight, which is a company based in Flint, Michigan, came into the picture in the 11th hour. They said that they didn't want this to be about profit. They wanted this to be about caring for patients and having a similar, a similar mission. And so Trinity sold Mercy for a dollar. Did we ever get a stronger sense of what Insight's long-term plans are? Insight was founded by Dr. Jawad Shah, who is a neurosurgeon. They want to do a lot more neurosurgery at Mercy. So they want to do a lot more specialty services, which will help generate money so that that can offset a lot of the care that they subsidize for people who don't have insurance or who have Medicaid insurance. They also want to do a lot of research. So we'll see what's in store. I mean, they, they've said that they're here for the long haul. What were staff and, and patients' responses to the new owners? Yeah, you know, initially, people were very skeptical of Insight. I mean, here you have a company that's going to come in and rescue a hospital that was going to close. One of the things they're doing is they're having a board that isn't just people from Insight, but it's also people from the community so that they have a say in what goes on. This is something that the community organizers who really push to keep Mercy open, this is something they demanded. Dr. Shaw is the, uh, the CEO of Insight Hospital. And so, you know, I actually told them, you know, I'm keeping an eye on you. So they actually have to have community members on their board and they have to invest $50 million over the next two years in the hospital. Like, that's immediate. So I think that, um, you know, the community members won, won that fight. They were able to get themselves on the board so that, you know, to them, they don't want to be blindsided the next time something big happens. When you talk about the Mercy Hospital staff, one word that jumped into my head was loyalty. There seemed to be a deep sense of connection, not only to the hospital, to, but also the community. After it was sold to Insight, did many of the staff members stay around? Did they transition into other places? A lot of the people that I talked to throughout this year were not sticking around. They were getting new jobs um, or they were retiring. A lot of it, though, is also that Insight wasn't able to talk to the employees um, so they really didn't have a lot of connections to the current employees to say, hey, do you want to stick around? You know, they mentioned this big nurse shortage that a lot of hospitals have across the country right now. So they're they're in a rebuilding phase. 
Yeah. Have you heard anything from patients? Because it sounds like a lot of them have moved on to other doctors. Some of them told me they want to go back because it's their closest hospital. They can walk there. They can take the bus there. We also have 216 seniors here in our neighborhood. And a lot of these people are on canes and with walkers and wheelchairs. And those people, they were at least able to walk down to Mercy Hospital or, or roll in their wheelchairs. It's also an insurance issue. You know, some of the other hospitals, they're very busy themselves. So they either might not have the capacity to take them on or they don't accept the insurance that some of the former Mercy patients had. So access already was really difficult on the South Side. And in this transition period, it's been really, it's been hard for people. What does this saga I hate to use that word so flippantly, but it, it was such a long process. What do you think it says about the state of healthcare in Chicago? Well, I think that Mercy is not going to be the last hospital to nearly close, you could say, right? In the situation, they were bought, but it was a very close call. They were bought the 11th hour. Safety nets in Chicago and beyond struggle. And I, I think in the community, they're very worried about which hospital is going to close next. So when Mercy announced plans to close, who was watching out for all the patients to make sure they don't fall through the cracks? What happens if they don't show up anywhere else? They just stop going to the doctor and then they get really sick and now it's harder to treat them. And who's going to take on, like Mercy's ER, 50,000 visits a year. Those people have been going, not everybody, right? But those who called 911 have been going elsewhere for months and slamming other hospitals. We know that. We've seen the data. I've talked to hospitals about that. So I think w when you think about just the stability of the safety nets in Chicago, I think that's a real question and it's a conversation a lot of people are having is what can be done to, to stabilize them? I think that access issues, they're already difficult. So what's that going to look like as this landscape changes? I think these are all things that people are or should be talking about. Kristen Shores is a reporter at WBEZ. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I just want people to know that we deserve quality in health care just like anybody else. You know, it's just a constant fight, but as long as I can put one foot in front of the other, I'm going to be part of it. <laughs> well, I hear you 100%. Ms. Davis, I appreciate you making time to talk with us here on CityCast Chicago this morning. Oh, thank you so much for asking me, having me here, okay? Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. After initially extending the submission deadline, the city now has five proposals for a new casino and resort near downtown. If you're interested in learning more, head to our newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. A story I'm going to definitely be watching over the next couple of weeks is city employees' compliance with the vaccine mandate. During a special session Friday, city council voted against repealing the mayor's mandate. And some good news. 
news to get me through. This is a huge week in my family as today is my little sister Jessica's birthday and Wednesday is my older brother Josh's birthday. Growing up with two Scorpio siblings was, let's just say, not all that easy. Happy birthday and I love y'all both. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, <clears throat> let's check what we at. Level A's, level A's. My name is Jagoobi. Welcome. Welcome to CJ Chicago.